Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 2nd of September, 1999. Lou Vega's Mambo No. 5 is number one in the charts. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. It's number one in the box office. And the biggest game right now is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. So it was a good time for musicals. But somewhere <laughs> in the world of wrestling, a little show called Smackdown having its second ever proper show on the UPN network. Who is champion? Is Triple H still around? Why well, am that rock fella? The answer to these questions can only be found on this very podcast featuring myself, Mafu, and Mr. Tom Campbell Esquire. How, How do, sir? We, we have an extra silent guest with us today. Um, oh, good. So let me explain. So, I'm, so by the time you're hearing this, I am on my holiday. I'm away this week, but so, th- so therefore we have to record it today on Thursday, which, as you know, if you've been following the channel, is the day that myself and Jack have to be handcuffed together as per our punishment for getting all the predictions wrong at Clash of Champions. So, uh, so Jack is here today, but Jack is he's being a very silent partner. I think he's he, he got Adam to take a picture to say what a lovely time he's having. Hello. There we go. Uh, thanks, Jack. That's, that's, that's great for an audio. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so just to, just to reference, if you hear clanking, that's what that is. How are you, Matthew, more importantly? I'm, I'm on my arse, actually, Tom. Thank oh, you for asking. mate. That, that's fine. That's fine. That's nothing to do with the show, you, or the quality of SmackDown in the year 1999. It's just because of some infection or bronchitis or something that... A person like myself doesn't have to worry about because God invented Lemsip, so I'll be fine. If I'm away on holiday and I get poorly, I'm going to be very, very upset with you when I get back. Yes. But I won't say anything. I'll just grumble slightly but still enjoy your company as a mate because <laughs> that's what British people do. I love it's like, you're to blame. I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> I took an ill pill and that's how I was. <laughs> that's how it works. That's right. And I'm glad that there's been this much build-up and exposition for a little joke because that fits in really nicely for this period of wrestling history. We are in the last month or so of Vince Russo's run in WWF. And so let's put on the song. Feels like every inch of it as well, doesn't it? We, by the way, before we get into that, we need to oh, say so. We song. had stop the song. Yep. Um, we so we did two formats. We did watch along oh. format which is where we do a commentary track for an episode of SmackDown, we watch it together, or we do a highlight track hmm. where we just kind of give the, the highlights from an episode and we chat 
sort of casually as we go along. Uh, we had lots of people suggesting both. Yeah, um, thanks to your good guess. Thank you. Uh, the, over, the, the majority, though, fairly overwhelmingly, was for us to do a highlight style of podcast akin to the one that Justin Henry and I do for the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. Yeah. So, because that is what the majority want, as per Brexit, that's what the uh. ma- people want, that's what the people will get. So, that is the so it'll be highlight style, as it was last week, not the week before. But, should a special occasion arise, there's no reason why we can't dip into the watch along style i think mm-hmm. off the top of my head there's there's an episode coming up called smackdown extreme for no apparent reason one i remember that and i don't know what was up i don't know what was special about it but any any sort of special yeah. episodes or whatever that come into our eyeline then we'll uh, we'll we'll deal with them accordingly yes so so that gives you the, so that's what we're doing and away we go put the music back on <laughs> yeah, we, i almost missed all the great lyrics so uh, yeah, and I prefer this format because we're speaking normally. It's hard to be like, well, and then this happened, and then this, da, 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 da. Yeah. It sounds like the lyrics. So, <laughs> on, the show starts. So, what week are we in now? Is this... Um... This is the 2nd of September. Excellent. And we're a week away from the 9th of the 9th of the 9th. Ooh. Which... 9999. Every, every nerd will tell you is when Dreamcast was released in North America. Wow. So, the Dreamcast is out next week. That's right. That's probably quite exciting. It's a good time to be alive. And <laughs> it's a great time to be alive. And have money. <laughs> so the show starts off with China, which is here to my time. So my time comes on first of all. And okay. they're probably like, right, who is it? Oh, it's China. Yeah. Yeah, there is that sort of like pregnant pause once the music starts because we don't know whether or not we're going to get China mm. or Triple H. And, uh, and we get China. So we all do nice claps. And the first person out for this particular episode of SmackDown is China. Yeah. And I think, as I said last time, I think it worked with China. I mean, that way these things people go, oh, the silly attitude here. I was like, no, that did work. He just wanted China to win because she was, you know, obviously she was hench, but she was still, you know, a woman going against all these men. Yeah. And she's currently the number one contender to the Intercontinental title, held by Jeff Jarrett, proud feminist. <laughs> this episode, she's got to deal with Billy Gunn, because last week, if you remember this, there was an open contract on the door backstage. Billy Gunn went to sign on the dotted line before he talked to Tempo, which is still around. <laughs> uh, but he buggered off because he's Billy, and China took it instead. There was a bit of a argy-bargy in the ring. Lots of guitars got smashed, but still, China is still the number one contender. But as this little Billy Gunn hurdle, she has to leap over. Exactly. And oh, my God, when Billy Gunn made his entrance, he looks at the spitting image of Steven Seagal. He looks very cigarly, does he not? Yes. Here's the thing as well. We we have to stop calling him Billy Gunn because the name Billy Gunn has now been, for lack of a better term, redacted. He is now Mr. Ass. Tony Chimmel even announces him as Mr. Ass. Yeah. So there was a point when, I think this was, it was post-King of the Ring, actually, yeah, so when Michael Cole interviewed him for an episode. It was on Roy. He interviewed him, and he introduced him as B.A. Billy Gunn. Because I remember there was, because obviously he used to have, like, Shotgun and Livewire, which in the UK were on early. I mm-hmm. think some other some other markets they were as well. So it would be a more sanitized product. So instead of calling him badass Billy Gunn, Michael Cole got into the habit on these early morning shows of calling him BA Billy Gunn. And, and it's good that they did that to be good for the families. Yeah. Uh, straight when Jeff Jarrett said with Don't piss me off. <laughs> oh no, P asterisk 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 me off. Asterisk. Is that for the French <laughs> Yeah, even Obelix on the on the or on the on the t-shirts now. Yeah, so they called him that, but then um 
after King of the Ring, they sort of retconned it and said, uh, now Billy Gunn even went, I'm not B.A. Billy Gunn anymore. I'm Mr. Ass. So now he is just Mr. Ass. Yeah, you know, do you know when for a while Val Venus changed his name to the Big Val Boski? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's where we think that Mr. Ass is somehow less offensive than Badass. Hmm. Weird, isn't it? He should have a bit good ass. <laughs> He's a good ass. Mind you, good and Billy Gunn to recount the sentence. <laughs> but in this match, I think China was definitely around at the right time because she was definitely not uh, Wendy Richter in the ring, shall we say. But however, as we as you look at these, if you watch along with yourself, the matches here are secondary to all the action and backstage uh, drama building up to it. So actually, these matches where they last a few minutes, they do a few stuff, and that's it. Perfect for her. Yeah. So, da, 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 where she blocks a suplex and backflips. We missed the bit at the very beginning when oh. they're jaw jacking, and in a mirror from last week, she drops her pants and moons Billy Gunn. <laughs> she moons I Mr. Ass at the very start of the match. She drops her kecks and moons Mr. Ass, and Mr. Ass just kicks her in the bum and she goes flying, yeah. which I thought was like a lovely little mirroring from last week because like again, like she didn't learn the major lesson that when you turn around to drop trow at your opponent, you are very exposed. Yes. And she certainly was very exposed. Yeah, just as the Scottish found out in Braveheart, where they were brutally massacred after they mooned. Yep, <laughs> they just stood there and mooned, and they just get left wide open. When Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Hit them all with guitars. <laughs> How was it? I remember that bit in yeah. Braveheart. That was great. Good. So Jeff Jarrett's come to the ring at this point as well. He has, Once yes. the match is, is in progress, Jeff Jarrett's Those notes aren't great. I've only left the highlights myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably fill in the gaps. <laughs> else, I think yes. I've watched it. I watched it more recently than you yes. did. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett came to the ring with Deborah and Miss Kitty. So to quote Lola, he has both the puppies and the kitties. <sighs> It's a weird time. It's a very yeah. non-feminist time in the WWF. <laughs> dirty old man. <laughs> you dirty old fecker. <laughs> Jerry Lawler being classic dirty old fecker. Yeah. Um, but Jeff Jarrett uh, has... I don't know why he has Miss Kitty. He hasn't explained on commentary, and I'll probably have to go back and see why exactly he has two women. He's treating both well, like crap. Because, well, I know that, obviously, Deborah's there as Jeff Jarrett's valet, mm -hmm. and... Deborah brought in Miss Kitty, I believe, to be her assistant. Right. So right. that's why Miss Kitty's there as well. So Miss Kitty works for Deborah technically, but they both work for Jarrett. You can tell us like there's too much women with a like. Look, your, your manager has a manager now. All right. Basically, yeah. It's, a, it's you know there's not enough managers in wrestling anymore. But this was a point where a manager had a manager. Yeah. You know, so that's why she's there. But like Jeff is 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 very anti women. Yes. And in general, and it will come more and more to the forefront. Uh, as we get towards Unforgiven. Yes, it will, which is the pay-per-view that we're coming up to. And speaking of which, who's going to wrestle the IC time champion? Let's find out. And there's a nice little bit here. China goes on the outside, and she's like, oh, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. And Billy's like, oh, oh she's hurt. You know, I'm I'm not badass anymore, as you've just said, Tom. <laughs> I'm good-ass. Let, let, let the China heal. And she goes, out, he goes outside, and China launches him in the steps. Oh, and he flies over these yeah. steps, does he not? Well, like, got he a hell takes of a... off. It's amazing. Jim Ross is right. He's got a hell of a vertical leap. <laughs> he's a great, he's the greatest pure athlete the WWF's got. Yeah. And then the, the ref gets bumped, 
because it's been two minutes. So Triple H <laughs> runs in and hits Billy with the politics. I mean, the, the pedigree. So <laughs> the yeah, Triple H just legs it out, doesn't he? Right, this is, we need a Triple H tracker tonight because I'd like us to oh, track the amount of times one. Triple H gets in the ring. So that's one. So Triple H, and I like this. It makes sense. Triple H is, is supporting his mate China. Hmm. So, and there's the... They call themselves the mates. They're mates now. There's the, they are friends with no benefits. Um, <laughs> were there benefits at this point in that friendship? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, at this point they were friends. Oh, with, they I were. Mean, I would have to. That's a good, good thing. I'll yeah. check. I mean, following Russo, but obviously, yeah. Um, China has alleged that uh, Triple H was cheating on her with Steph. So I don't know when the timeline begins and ends for them. Exactly. He just took one look at those orthopedic shoes and went, "I got I want them knocking at the end of my bed." I don't know why he's from the south. I don't know why he's from the south. I think he told China it was your time. Your time. Your time. So China now has Jeff Jarrett all for herself and Unforgiven. And it's good because Jeff Jarrett is on commentary for this. And it, it was very nostalgic here because not nostalgic for wrestling. It was nostalgic for the first few months of the podcast with me, Ross and Jack, not knowing each other. Because Michael Cole talks over nearly all of Jeff Jarrett's bits. <laughs> he's he's settling in, isn't he? Do you want a fun factoid about Michael Cole from this point? So from the Wrestling Observer, uh-huh. um, uh, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, as we know, did the first week of SmackDown, mm-hmm. um, and then of uh, originally it was going to be Michael Cole and Kevin Kelly to do it. That was Good originally the God. plan. Yeah, um, Vince McMahon called an order on that one. Basically, uh, he changed it at the very last minute. He wanted more backstoryline, uh, thinking like a lot of viewers will be new to the product, and he genuinely didn't think that Michael Cole and Kevin Kelly were up for the job of delivering a lot of exposition. So that's why Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler were on. And then even then, he even now he's thought, well, Kevin Kelly doesn't feel like the right guy to do that, so we'll put Jerry Lawler on both shows. At this point, Jerry Lawler is running for mayor of Memphis. And there is this, there is this concern that if, oh. if he becomes mayor... Like, he's not going to be around that much. And there's really, at this point, nobody really that can that can replace him as colour guy on commentary. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. Like, now we're, we're awash with great colour guys. But at this point, it was just Jerry Lawler. Really? In the dub, dub F. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, you're right. I mean, in late 99, in WCW, there was Mike Tenay. Mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone Tony Schiavone was great and it's it's nice that he's going to get redeem himself his reputation because a lot of people only remember this this era of yeah it. and he was just he was alright whatever there's come a, in talk pay me I've not got an enthusiasm for it he's got an enthusiasm now and there is but there is like a much, there is a, a, a coolness now about Tony Schiavone like a, like, yeah. a, 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 like he he knows what he does and he's cool and he's comfortable in his own skin and I quite and I like this Tony in AEW yeah. I'm a big fan of him yeah, but Kevin Kelly versus Kelly versus Kevin Kelly. Kevin, <clears throat> Kevin Kelly. Thank you, pardon my voice is going. Um, oh, Kevin, bless you, Kevin Kelly, like like Lola should be on. Um, and Cole, <laughs> I do not see working. Kelly can do color, but Cole needed all the help he can get. He needed yeah. support, and Lola could support him because Cole could say something stupid and you forget about it, and then Lola say something funny and you're like, yay, yeah. puppies. Lola's a great person. <laughs> if, if it's all gone a bit to the wall, he can pull it back, mm. which I think he's, well, he's ever so good at. One thing he couldn't pull back was that election run. Hey! People, I think I remember at the time, people were like, why are you running for mayor now? 20 years ago, yes. <laughs> anyway. Can I give you one more bit of, bit oh, of fun do. from the Wrestling Observer do, from this I clear time? clear my throat. You clear your throat, and I'll give you... I'll give, actually, I'll give you two bits, right? So, um... Uh, hopefully this isn't a future echo, right? There was some minor disappointment within the WWF when the rating came in for the first episode of SmackDown on UPN, where it did a 4.16 and a 7.2 share. Um, it, it beat the highest rated show on UPN, but it was like the fourth highest rated across the network, um, which wasn't anywhere near the numbers they expected it to be. So there's a bit of a concern. Now they've launched onto a new channel that they might not hit the numbers they promised. Is I'm hoping that is not a 20-year future. <laughs> Echo. Let's hope not. Also, at this point, right, WWF were looking around the wrestling world and they were uh, looking to Japan. And uh, this name blew my mind. But this is from this is from the newsletter from 1999. So there's no way this is an error, right? They were looking in Japan. They were looking at one guy in particular to bring to the WWF at this point, Sylvester Turkai. That doesn't surprise me. Sylvester Turkai. Well, in, in 1999. Sylvester Turkai. He was wrestling in Japan. Yeah, but like... He was wrestling as UFO Big Van Vader. No, he wasn't. Apparently he was. According to... He was wrestling as... According U- to Dave Meltzer, somebody else's WWF name. is very close to signing Sylvester Turkai, who worked in Japan as UFO Big Van Vader and Oleg Taktorov of UFC fame to developmental deals. So those two people they, they were looking at. Never mind friggin' Sylvester Turkey, who uh, was signed in... Uh, 2006. Yes, and became a nothing, because he, yeah. he had an enormous head. His head was so big. <laughs> he had a big head. He had a smaller head underneath it, part in the controls. But the other Oleg, name, Oleg from UFC. Yeah, Oleg Taka, Taka, Bloody Taktorov. Bloody hell, that'd be interesting. So I'm just going to completely look uh, and ignore everything we're doing. No, 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 that's God, fine. you're right. Big Van Vader UFO. Yeah. That's, but, like... There is Japan. a Big Van Vader. You, the, oh, because UFO was the name of the company. Yeah, so he was the Big Van Vader in UFO. Oh, so that's like calling himself Steve Austin. Wing Canamora. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Wing Canamora. Thank you. Wing Canamora. Yeah. So UFO was the Universal 
fighting arts organization so it should be ufo um, <laughs> that's, the, technical that's the newcastle one ufo yeah oh, that's the nice no, more the brummy version ufo <laughs> thank you ufo but that was just uh, the only other thing well, that how the, the hell did they look at must have just looked at his, his um collegiate career beef. Or he's got beef He's beef. The only other, the only other signing like that, that that blew my mind in the same context was when I discovered that in in like the late '80s, Vince McMahon uh, was courting bringing in Steve Blackman. Oh, I mean, yeah, and then obviously, and then Steve Blackman got ill and stepped away from wrestling altogether and returned like in the mid '90s. But the idea of like Lethal Weapon Steve Blackman in the '80s, I mean, that would have been imagine Lethal Weapon versus Hulk Hogan. That is one of the little. Crazy stories of wrestling. A lot of people that. know. Steve Blackman would have been get ready for his '89 push, I believe it was. Got hardcore ill. Yeah, like nearly, nearly dead died, ill. Uh, to get himself back into that shape again, and then like years later made his debut in '97, I believe, in the build-up to Survivor Series. He kind of ran out as just a mate of Vader's. Yeah. Not UFO Big Van Vader, but WWF Big Van Vader. <laughs> that, that's where I bring that round, but yeah, that's bizarre. Fun fact. Oleg being in WWF's amazing though. That'd have been interesting, wow. wouldn't it? What a anyway. time. 1999, fun old times. Smackdown. <laughs> Sorry, back no, in 1999. These are great observer things. Thank you very much for bringing them to the table. Um, Big Show and Undertaker, the Unholy Alliance, lost the tag titles to Rock and Sock Connection on Raw after Undertaker walked out on his team. Uh, this is the second time Undertaker has left the Big Show by himself, but this time at least he didn't leave him in the desert surrounded by snakes. <laughs> he just left him the... in the ring. So, wait, 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 Tom, there's 20 more minutes of the speech left. Uh <laughs> Big Show gets in the ring, yells a bit. Doesn't sound particularly good. Uh, he says, "I have, I've had up, up to my throat with you." So not quite, uh, not quite done with him yet. It's not quite jingle all the way, <laughs> Big Show. Acting, yeah, and then Paul Bearer's here. To my surprise, I'm being, I know he's been pro Undertaker, but he's not been on every show. No, he's wearing so. black because it's slimming. Game shouldn't recognise game like that, yep. but black is slimming. Uh, Paul Bearer's in. He's here to make a grave mistake. Uh, has a go at show. Show kicks him. That was nice. Yeah. And then here comes Undertaker, followed by the laser pens to the eyes from the dickheads in the crowd. Oh, for goodness I about laser pens. sake. I think those I think those people just eventually just put the laser pens down and just became forum users. That's that's their way of getting right into the face of wrestlers. Just Yeah, it shows how the world's changed because you don't see laser pens anymore. If you see a red light on someone's forehead, it's a sniper. <laughs> uh, the term killer instinct is said a lot by Michael Cole, who's still learning the art of subtlety of getting in a bit of a thing they're trying to push. Uh, 30 years later, Undertaker Pulse Show and... <laughs> the way the camera's here, such a hard cam, Yeah. and... Shows on the right and takes on the left. Undertaker pulls him close to Big Show to whisper in his ear, I swear to God, I thought he was kissing him. Mate, mate. Where are we? Hang on, I've got my notes here, right? Read my notes there. <laughs> Did it not look like Undertaker was going to kiss him when he pulled him in? We both had the same idea. It looked like he was going to have a kiss. It really did. So he whispers something to Big Show that makes Big Show, you know, suddenly go, oh, okay, Undertaker, I guess you're right. I know, maybe he's told him a rude joke. I was going to say, what do we think the Undertaker whispered to the Big Show to bring him back round on side? Because Big Show went from, like, foaming at the mouth monster to, all right, I'll walk with you, mate. He went, okay, Big Show, come here. What do you call a gay homeless person? What? A hobo. The Big Show's like, ah, we're friends again. And uh, where I came from, sorry, because of Jackie Martin. And he goes, uh, I'll rip out, if you do that again... I'll rip out your throat and choke you with your tongue. <laughs> well, if you had 
you wrote, your throat ripped out. You wouldn't need any more choking. No, you'd be done, wouldn't you? You'd be, be brown all, bread. That would be all the, the, the death that you would need that day. Yeah, and Undertaker right now is trying to do some, like, badass dialogue that is incredibly unconvincing. It sounds like you saw it on a Steven Seagal film, maybe <laughs> Billy Gunn. He saw Billy Gunn backstage and went, I remember that Steven Seagal film where he says this cool line. Why was Undertaker just a bit naff at this point? He was spent... He was one of these guys that very rarely took time off. Mm. And we're coming up to the fact that he was in a tag team with Big Show was to less the schedule. But we're only a... F- Shut up, Jack. We're only a few weeks away from him leaving and then come back to American Badass. But, yeah. Hey, look, we all have those shifts where we're just in. We've yeah. Got, we've got a bad case of the bronchitis and we'll just do it. Uh, anyway. I just feel like, I just feel like um, his heart really wasn't it. I, like, if this was 2019, I'd be expecting a WWE Chronicle on The Undertaker, which shows oh, him yeah, yeah. shows him putting, putting like, the eyeliner on, just crying a little bit and just going, I just really, I just really need to get away and decide if I love this or not. Well, <laughs> then being met by Bailey in a car and have a blanket put over him when he comes back. Yeah, after they lost the tag titles, Undertaker was actually on the floor backstage <laughs> crying. <laughs> That's what he was. Everybody was tweeting him saying mm. you don't dare you stop crying about Ooh. it mate <laughs> blue hair yeah, Undertaker comes out with purple hair or is it blue I'm colorblind. I can't tell the difference oh bless you only see love so what we're suggesting then Undertaker when he returns at, um, at Judgment Day 2000 comes out to the ring to help The Rock then boots The Rock in the face whips his wig off and it's blue underneath <laughs> no, I like it being purple because instead of coming out to Kid Rock it's because I go purple rain. <laughs> no, purple <laughs> at the same time, it syncs up. So, obviously, his bike has to go at two miles an hour for that to work and sync it up because it's like three and a half minutes. Is everybody in the ring going, No, no, never win because you any trouble. Never because you any pain. It's just going around the ring over and over again. Purple rain, purple rain. And the crowd goes, Oh, take us here, take us here. Why? <laughs> it's a purple rain. I know, I know, I know. Mankind, tag team champions. Looks about. That was a nice. Uh, yeah, so it was a big show. And Undertaker buggered off. They're friends again now. Paul Bearer is in the ring, just like what? Say what? Yeah, Paul Bearer clearly not in on the the plan there. No, <laughs> poor Undertaker. He's got nothing else going poor on. Poor Bearer even. He's like, oh yeah, well I'll go manage Midian and. Vi- oh yeah, you're right. I'm better off getting beat by you. <laughs> Mankind, the new tag team champion. Comes out, gets a nice pop. Talks about electronic football. Calicchio electronic football, yeah. to be exact. Playing that in his bedroom, naked as a child, his mother walking on him and declaring this the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to him until he lost to Shane McMahon last week. <laughs> beautiful setup, beautiful delivery. Like I said last week, the completely wrong audience yeah. for Mick. And we'll get you, on we pro- talked about this a bit. Like yeah. Mick's very cerebral with the, the with his comedy, and it is lost on this sort of smash and grab WWF yeah. attitude audience. Where yeah. you need to come out and go, shut up, cage match, and they yeah. go, hey, anything nuanced, they're gonna lose. Yeah. They're gonna lose it completely. Right, and he does this. No wonder he's wanting to retire at this point because he's already doing all these cool lines. I think he's funny, and no one's. It must have no been popping. Yeah, but when you get a pop like this, you can see why The Rock shows up. His tag team partner, Mankind chants The Rock, uh, Rocky, Rock. That's cute, isn't it? As he's walking around, he's on the mic chanting Rocky. Yeah. Uh, the Rock reassures everyone they're not friends, but Mankind is the craziest son of a bitch he's ever seen. 
And it, this works really well. I know Mankind said, you said um, he didn't like the fact that Rock would basically no-sell him every time. But it does work really well and stuff like this because he's Mankind is so wonderfully goofy. Yeah. And The Rock is like John Travolta in Greece levels of cool. And they're like, yeah, we're tag champions. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's like almost the same dynamic as Austin Dude Love had. 97. Yeah, very similar to that. Like, yeah, it, it, and, and poor Mick, he always seems to be like, I'm the bumbling one in a tag team that doesn't want to be. That's kind of his shtick, isn't it? That's why such a great character. Yeah. yeah. He's a bumbling buffoon, and he's the most hardcore guy in the company. <laughs> he's the toughest gun in the company. Yeah, the came out like, I'm a badass, I'm going to kill you. It's like, whatever. But yeah, having a little goofy dude, it's nice. Then Shane McMahon, Triple H in China who aren't the corporation, but are together. The, the corporation, the corporate ministry, that's all gone now. Yeah, that's all So over. we've got this sort of union of Shane, Triple H, and China. Uh, this is the second time we've seen Triple H in China in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, thank you. Sorry. Take uh, a shot. Well. So take a shot if, you, if you're uh, playing uh, the game. Uh, Chap, what do you think? All right. Thank you very much. So I think we're going to call them the corpora, the corpora, corporation. Corporation. I can write that. I can't, I can't say it. As it turns <laughs> out. Shane McMahon makes the main event tonight. Rock versus Mankind, the number one contender for Triple H's World Championship, and tells them after wrestle strong. No, no powder puffs. He says. Oh yeah, he says. He's like, must you be know. associated with the powder puff girls on Cartoon Network that we saw about. I'm sure that's what he meant. I'm sure that's what he meant. Yeah, so they've got to wrestle each other to to number one contender, and they can't go light on each other because mm-hmm. if they do, then it's like you're both getting the old. Oh yeah, you're out for six months, I believe. You yeah, said, for so. six months you get you oh, get suspended. Okay. So it's good because they're getting right. Like ah, oh, why aren't this dude? No, 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 no. It's like no. Oh. And he promises Triple H will also have to wrestle tonight. That bald guy. The bald-headed SOB. The, the, the bald, b- bald, but Tom, Steve Austin's bald. <laughs> they, bald. Were, they were so cautious, on even on commentary, by, to, to not say Steve Austin, because they knew the fix was in. But it was, I, 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 was, I wasn't offend, again, offended by this. I thought it was, I enjoyed this bit. I liked the, yeah. the, the it was like that bald-headed SOB. The crowd knew enough yeah. without them saying it. Went to the back. That's fine. Let's not mention it again until it comes round. Mm-hmm. Because then, you know, you might just give mm-hmm. the fix away too much. And they sort off, leaving Mankind the Rock in the ring. And I can love me. Mankind remi- <laughs> reminds Rock that last time they wrestled here. He beat him. So it's probably Rock's best interest. He just lets him win. And him up much fuss. <laughs> yeah. Rock isn't happy with that idea, but Mick is completely oblivious to Rock being unhappy. <laughs> and this is actually the bit where The Rock, the pre-taped SmackDown, his sunglasses flew off. Is this the episode yeah. where that happens? Yeah, and I knew that because straight away, Mankind's got those effing blue trousers on. <laughs> and I know Mankind's thing is he's, he's gone to a charity shop or whatever or Salvation Army and got them. But I don't like looking at them. They're quite the crap. Yeah, they I are. I know it's supposed big. to be crap, but I still don't but like you, it. You, you want them to at least be black trousers. Yeah. Or the brown ones. Or the brown sort of like, ones. Sort of continuity. Now it is just like, yeah, who cares? Just or the tag team champion are wearing the, the baby blue trousers. The kiss <laughs> of death for any wrestler. <laughs> anyway. See, uh, maybe Mick knew that. Do you think that's maybe why he went he, for that colour? He knows what he's doing. I think, yeah, he's, he's cleverer than we all are. That's a great, a great character being like mankind. Oh, no, I've left my gear. Oh, wait, I'll just look out on the streets and find your... Tr- <laughs> I'll just dig oh, in this you know. bin. 
Hey, isn't that WWF Tag Team Champion Mick Foley going through a bin? Hi. <laughs> it was very much art imitating life because, like, if you read any of Foley's books, you will know he is tight. Like, he doesn't like yeah. spending money. Like, he's a real skinflint when it comes to spending money. And it, and it's, this is not like... It is... like Most characters at this point, it's the cliche, which is like, you know, instead of, you know, to quote Grado, don't go to Tenerife, go to Elevenerife. It's like they're all their selves with the volume turned up. <laughs> it's good, that, isn't it? Matt's laughing at that. Jack's laughing at <laughs> You're welcome, guys. Um, but it's that whole thing where the characters are going to be they're themselves, but turned up. And Mick being cheapskate. You can keep that, by the way. Great, though, I'm sure. I'm going to have to steal that. That's great. Don't go, don't go to Tenerife. Go to eleven or Go to eleven or um, But the turn it all the way up. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so Foley's tight ass, uh, doesn't like spending money. And so his character doesn't either. So that's great. The Rock mm. <laughs> tells mankind that no certain terms that he's going to Shove his tag team title belt up his ass. <laughs> of course. Mankind says, I don't think it would fit. <laughs> How the rock wasn't up his ass over these points, oh, I don't know. I think that's why he had glasses on. Definitely. It's for poker and for yeah. not laughing at mankind. Exactly. Then something happens and we get, oh yeah, uh, more of Finkel versus Chimmel. Because even announcers had feuds in 1999. Oh man, this is, this is what a time, what a time this is. On, on, Ni on Nitro, the Nitro girls were feuding. We don't have the Nitro girls. We have Tony Chimmel. The Fink and the Chimmel, baby. The Fink and the Chimmel. Those sound like racial slurs. <laughs> anyway, the Fink sneak attacks him because he's the Fink. He's the bad guy announcer. <laughs> and then it's a tuxedo match. And if you're not familiar with a tuxedo match, and you shouldn't be because this... <laughs> why, why is this why thing? Would people you? kept around. Yeah, you both start for tuxedos and... The winner is the guy who... It's, 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 a guy, it's the guy's evening gown match. Basically, and yeah. So Fink came out and said, I want a tuxedo match with you, Tony. That's good, that. And the winner gets to be the rig announcer, which will be me. Another. Can I do a chimmel? Uh, well, this is it. Okay, do it. Chimmel's voice threw me off. I am the tuxedo match champion. Yeah, that's how I expect him yeah. to talk. Howard, I don't want to fight you. But he has a, <laughs> he has an inside voice that, that I didn't I'm recognize. I'm just a bunch of guys and dolls. You know. <laughs> guys and dolls. He, 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 yeah, guys it's, it's and dolls. Weird. Plus, Finkel has always looked like that. He's always looked like a, a dog being given man form. But <laughs> Chimmel looks stunningly young here. Oh, he looks a little bit of wispy hair. Yeah. You know he's 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 in good nick. Uh, yeah, so so Chimmel's like I don't want to I don't want to have a tuxedo match with you, mate. I'm just doing I'm a ring announcer. Just chill your beans. And you know what tuxedo is? Basically, it's a suit. Sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, but Fink blindsides him, as you say, and I guess we're having the tuxedo match because there's a ref in the ring. Yeah, and the shots of Jericho watching backstage, laughing his ass, <laughs> laughing his European hairstyle off. Oh, uh -huh. And this is up there with the great. Matches booked as ribs for the lads backstage, along with Butterbean versus Barkun. <laughs> uh -huh. Sell out of the curtain, as they, as you exactly. said last week. Sell out of the curtain. Uh, it was kept brief. We have Finkel in the briefs. <laughs> That's a good pun. Uh -huh. And that is the match. We did, yeah. Any so other yeah. Comments on this Tom Hodge. So yeah. Well, Chimmel, Chimmel, Chimmel rips his gear, rips Fink's gear off. Uh, Fink gets an arm off of the sleeve but then Chimmel just, just goes mental just takes all the clothes off all down to his briefs Fink, uh, the bell sounds turns out Tony Chimmel's music is the Smackdown theme yeah that was one they got to away it's fun isn't it they, they quickly cut away from this so I imagine the reaction wasn't as warm as they were expecting they didn't keep it brief enough yeah I think. yeah yeah that's true so they're like alright okay this also this. Chimmel did a great double leg takedown 
like a proper UFC double leg takedown on the thing. An Oleg style <laughs> double leg. Yeah, big style. That's it. They didn't sign to a cake, so we went, oh, got Chimmel. We got Chimmel. Why, we just, him for? why do we need to buy UFC guys when we've got Chimmel? But Big Van Vader Smackdown. <laughs> and then we get a very quick set of segments on my highlight form here. X-Pac backstage demands Kane stay out of the match tonight because he wants to prove himself. He's not the weak link. He's the weak link. That's right. And Kane's like, Aw. Shamrock walks Kane backstage. Kane farts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I kept that in. Sorry, X-Pac. Okay. I'm farted. Cameron <laughs> Shamrock is walking backstage drinking his USADA-approved water. <laughs> drinking it by the barrel full by the looks of things. Uh, Triple H complains to China that he doesn't know who to trust. Uh, with yeah. Shane, uh, booking the match. Uh, that was a weird segment because they just so we had like are you say three in succession and Triple H they're going Triple H talking to China going I don't know who to trust I don't know who to trust uh. and then China's like yeah but you just trusted da, 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 da. and it just sort of like it doesn't go anywhere and it just cuts away I feel like it was one of those things where they wanted the shot but not the speech and they wanted like Mark Cole to be well over the top, over the top going well Triple H is defending his title tonight uh, against that bald headed SOB the words of shame Amanda. but we didn't get that so we just got the dialogue hmm. so thank thank goodness they were they were on topic because yeah. that could have been hilarious I, I thought it was a, a quick bit of stuff like, yeah, to show, to show dun, the fact dun, that dun. this is this little world that we're getting a glimpse of yeah in the wrestling world and it works so well ninety nine it works even better in two thousand let me tell you <laughs> uh, Finkel talking to Jericho. Uh, Coming out, uh, we get Xbox versus Jericho, and we get clips from last week of Jericho doing the cool double power bomb, the Road Dog, one power bomb on the ring, other power bomb through the table, mm. and Road Dog will be out for a few weeks as a result. Do you know where I he think is? That was legitimate. Oh, thank you, Tom. For go on. He's not injured. He's not injured. He's not injured. Oh, is this according to the Wrestling Observer? Road Dog will be out of action for two months to record a CD. And the injury was a cover story. Wait, wait, wait. Two months to record a CD? <laughs> well, it must have been a bad two months because I googled high and low and I can't find anything about a Road Dog music CD unless he was pr unless he was like a, a ghost producer on an album for somebody. I'll have to do some digging around. Was he was working on WWF The Music Volume 4. Oh. Potentially. I don't know. I didn't have the experience as Jeff Jarrett's roadie, so yeah, you're right. There you go. But... I don't know the time thing for this. I'll have, have a look, or maybe some of the Twitter mentions can give me uh, the info. Road Dog was going through some well-documented uh, substance abuse problems. Demons. So we call it demons on this show. Kane was there. <laughs> so maybe that was the cover story for the cover story. Oh, he's ah. out. Because it seems a bit odd that Road Dog. well, first of all, they couldn't do the, the match at SummerSlam that they wanted. They just had the promo uh, with Jericho, and then they want to actually get on SmackDown, Dog's out. Mm. I think someone's up there. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, so maybe there's a cover for the cover. Yeah. Maybe Melz has been fed a pack of lies. Yeah. And in return, we've been fed a pack of lies too. Or maybe that confirms that Dog was Melter's inside man. Ah. He was Deep Throat. No, not in that way. Deep Throat with two T's. <laughs> um, Bad throat. X, X talking of throats. X Buck. Um, what was the energy drink he was drinking? Was this a sponsorship I deal? That was weird because I thought it was. Surge? Um, yeah, but that was a WCW. Right, so it definitely wasn't Surge. It was green, though. It was some green energy drink that he was necking as he got to the ring. And, like, he was handed it after he did the uh, the crotch chops and the fireworks. He was yeah. handed it, he led on the ropes and drank a bit, drank a bit more, and then you see him hand it back. So And no one you, mentions it. No one mentions it, nothing reference to it, but obviously it's quite a distinctive green can. I couldn't see a logo. Yeah. Nowadays, you'd have that, and it'd be like, well, this match is sponsored by energy drink. 
They would, wouldn't they? They just they. X Pac is coming to the ring by Surge Man. <laughs> Pepsi Man. <laughs> oh, I love you, no Pepsi Man. Oh, I'd be great if you came out with Pepsi Man. man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was I was curious whether there was anything to that, but I think it was just yeah. a, a. There must have been some sort of weird little because they used to have. What was the energy drink they used to have? Oh no, actually, no. What am I saying? When they used to have it was only a couple of years ago when they when it was the pre-show that was sponsored by an, an energy drink. In WWE. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, Five hour energy. No, that's no, TNA. Because it, yeah. uh, it was funny because it would be two different drinks sponsoring mm. the thing. So you go, the kickoff panel with Lawler and Booker Team, whatever, and then the drinks would move and no one would touch them. Mountain <laughs> yeah. Dew Energy. Mountain Dew that Energy. Was it. Okay, well, it might have been. I mean, it could have been Mountain yeah. Dew Energy. But the fact they didn't do it, it makes Mountain me Dew. think maybe it was Surge. And they went, oh, wait, no. They're, they're. Or maybe he was just thirsty. Maybe just, maybe, maybe just wanted a analysis. drink. Just wanted a drink, the poor boy. At Sean Waltman on Twitter. Why were you drinking an energy drink yeah, in September? Got, hey, hey, yeah, come on. You've, you've, <laughs> you've got high with Sean. You can have a chat with him about that. I'll, I'll get low with Sean. Again. <laughs> uh, the, the, where we are. Yeah, so I like the stable-based uh, way that 99 is, um, both the WCB and WF, when, oh, dog's out. Oh, well, X-Pac is there. Yeah, and it makes complete sense. Stable mate. DX connection. They were still friendly, even though DX wasn't really a thing. And I like it, the fact that it's six in WCW wrestled Jericho a bunch of times. Going to pay review in Halloween Havoc 1996, so they could both uh, blend well. Especially Jericho was dealing. A, he had a few months of having to deal with the fact that he was wrestling this cruiserweight style, which did not yeah. fit in well. There's a match that he has with Big Show. I'm not sure if it's going to come up or it's been already on Raw. And it's horrendous. Oh, really? Because at one point, Jericho tries to apply an arm bar to Big Show. And Big Show doesn't know what he's doing. And Jericho forgets how to do the move mid-thing. And it's like he's trying to serve an Ikea table. Oh, my it's one days. Of amazingly awful things you've ever seen. But anyway, oh, there's none of that here. Quick, fast action. Uh, also, Shamrock interrupts immediately. Shamrock turns up in this. Uh, so what happens is Shamrock runs out. Ken Shamrock just legs it to the ring. And... Uh, but then we'd seen him a few minutes before arriving in the arena with a nice big jumper on and a bag. So it's so in, so for all intents and purposes, Shamrock turned up to the arena, went to the locker room, chucked his bag down, took his top off and legged it to the ring. Which is just a funny visual. Turns up to the ring, gets told to clear off, so he goes back again. I like the fact that he's like, he's, he's mad at Jericho for last week's actions of not getting out of his way and sending Finkel to attack him. But also he's like, X-Pac, you drank my energy drink. <laughs> I need that. Get out of my way! I've only been up for three days. <laughs> so he sends off to the back, and we and that's yeah. Shamrock done for a bit. And while the nice, cool action is happening, and X-Pac, again, really benefited from this style because he was pretty banged up as well for the neck injuries he had throughout his entire career. He just takes the, the, the cool moves you know he does. Yeah. That's great for a three-minute match. So mm. Bronco Buster, the cool kicks of death, they're all here. And then the Unholy Alliance comes out to watch X-Pac. Not sure why they still hate him at this point, but I'll come clear later on. But I guess if you hate your brother, gotta hate your brother's mates as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, it's, it's We've pretty standard. Right? Yeah, it's pretty basic. Uh, and X Pac like China works well here. I've already said that. Uh, oh, also, yeah, the Swanton clothesline, where, yeah. where he does more effort and damage to himself than he does his opponent. I like moves like that, where it's that you surely are hurting yourself more than you are hurting the other guy. Like, anybody that does, like, a move where they're holding, like, a moonsault holding a chair. Not like, right. surely that hurts you more than them. You leave Nate Webb alone. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Right. Big Show interrupts for the DQ. So Shamrock chases Jericho. 
in what would be his last WWF feud. Okay. Ugh, I'm trying here, folks. I'm you're doing, sorry. you're doing great, mate. You're doing green drink Xbox card. You're doing great. Kane saves X Pac. So Undertaker tells Show, leave him. <laughs> Almost like Lord Humongous and Mad Max, leave him be. And then tells Kane, watch out, because the Beatles are about. <laughs> watch out, Beatles are about. <laughs> and then, and then to the timekeeper wearing a conspicuous beard, just walks up with a camera following him. Here I go. This is me now. And Kane curses oh. in that little speech bubble of his. 90s television reference, you're very welcome. Yeah, so Undertaker just tears strips off Kane here saying, he's weak and you're weak as a result of him being weak. Yeah. You're all weak. Clear off. And, yeah. Kane's, and Kane's gone against his, his mate. Xbox said, don't come out. I'm, I want to prove I'm not the weak link. Don't come out, whatever happens. Turned up. Yeah, that's Stupid. a young Frankenstein bit. Whatever happens, do not let me out of this room. <laughs> yeah. Let me out, let me out, let me out, let me out. Whatever I say, I, you must make me drink all of the water in that thing. I will ask you to stop. Yeah. You must, must keep on drinking it. Stop, stop, I don't want to drink. Stop drinking. That's basically Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> and a limo was here. Oh, God. Oh, that was it. I Jerry, forgot that's that cliche. Jerry Lawler shot this down in flames. He said, oh, that's got to be Steve Austin's limo. Yeah, because Steve Austin drives around in a limo. Of course he does. You know what? Oh, hey, Lawler. The shot was so quick and the line was so quick. I wouldn't even put those two things together. I'm like, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I just so used to limos appearing midway through a show. Yeah, that's it. We need to do that one time. Like, I'll just show up halfway through the call, like, podcast. Just like a limo. limo. Or, or better yet, have the podcast start, but have a limo pull up outside just as it starts. And then three quarters of the way through the podcast, have the door open and a foot come out. And then whoever is in the limo, their music hits. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you out now? The limo's arrived. Hey, I paid for the hour. I'm getting the hour. <laughs> so Triple H... Oh, no, big fan. Shamrock breaks boxes of documents backstage. Oh, presumably, yeah. Presumably labelled Signature Pharmacy. <laughs> and that segues into Triple H versus the bald guy. Oh, heck. So, Shamrock gets in the ring. Triple H. Oh, third appearance. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. No, fourth. We Take a shot. The, um, the one backstage, I guess. Take a shot. Fourth Triple H again. I'm liking the show. My, my, my shot's a lem sip. <laughs> and it's Gilbert. Hey! set of all along <laughs> a champion yeah. a bold and an SOB it's ah. Gilberg that, that was a Russo thing it was like the ah I hadn't finished saying what I was I start I continued to talk after you left the room sorry yeah basically and he's still the WF light heavyweight champion which means about as much as the women's tag team titles do today but this is groundbreaking <laughs> This is a groundbreaking moment, uh, Lord Botch, because <laughs> because <laughs> this you, is <laughs> this is the first time in the history of the company, I do believe, that the WWF Light Heavyweight Champion has challenged for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Because this was a championship match. This was an official title match. Yeah, and all of this says it's going to be title for title. Yeah, <laughs> but this is, I believe, the first time this ever, and I don't think it's happened since. Like, I don't think the Cruiserweight Champion has has gone after. The Universal Champion or the WWE Champion. There was that time when Pac challenged Lesnar when he was Cruiserweight title on Twitter. So uh, I, thought, I thought maybe, I, you know. Kind of was, was No, because no, Neville, Neville slash Pac wasn't the Cruiserweight Champion when he faced Seth Rollins for the WWE title, was he, on that episode of Raw that Don't time? Don't believe so, no. Don't think he was. But it wouldn't make sense. 
Why would you have that if you're not going to do anything with the guy who's got the Cruiserweight title? It's true, it's true. But then I like, but then it, I just, it was a nice little, nice little historical footnote. Yes, you is, are right. It's, a, it's not a great one, but it is one it's, nonetheless. It's first time, like, it would have caused all kinds of issues with weight divisions if yeah. Goldberg, if Gilbert had become the heavyweight champion and the light heavyweight champion at the same time. <laughs> and it nearly happened. It nearly happened. Where, where were you when, when Gilbert nailed this? Anyway, before we get into this, Gilbert was a parody of a little-known wrestler in WWE called Goldberg, who won a bunch of matches. <laughs> now, as far as parodies go, well, wartime parodies, I guess, because <laughs> wartime so parodies. less sensitive, this was pretty amazing, Goldberg. Oh, it was stunning. Focusing, Absolutely stunning. Focusing on not just mocking Goldberg, but also on the fact that on the, the alleged pumped-in Goldberg chance that would come from nowhere. And I've never had it confirmed to me or read anywhere to say that, that yeah, we did pump them in. I, I assume they were pumped in. I never thought they were pumped in really? until, until WF accused them of. So then oh. it's like, oh, I assumed oh maybe they are. If they're, if they're making fun of the fact that they are, maybe. So one of these weird things that like maybe it became true because they said it. It was, it was the same sounding chant every week. But that, that sounded the same in 2014. Oh, are you oh, talking oh, about the yeah. Goldberg chance being pumped in or the Gilberg chance being pumped oh, in? Oh, the Goldberg chance. Oh, I was going to say, because like, it was blatant the Gilberg chance of pumped in. It was part of his yeah, theme let me, song. Let me just go, yeah, uh, I'm talking about them making fun of the fact uh, that Goldberg allegedly had Oh, oh, oh there, was, there was a lot of... Um, I'm aware that the Gilberg chance yeah. were part of his entrance song. There was, there was, I was going to say, like, mate, that seems really obvious to me. But like, there's, 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 a, there's a lot about the, 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 the illusion of Goldberg that was indeed an illusion. Mm. The chance, the record, like the the win loss oh, the the winning streak like they they exaggerate that number he he gone holiday for three weeks to Benidorm he come back he's forty seven mm. wins up still like how's that happen he just yeah. beat up some guys in a bar like it's they, they, a lot of that is but then do you know what don't matter because we all bought into it yeah it does not matter yeah the crowd loved this and it's funny yeah Gilbert had pumped in chance because you look at the crowd and they're like, half the crowd is chatting Gilbert oh yeah they, I mean if I was Gilbert. there I'd have chatted Gilbert. I've been all over that. Wow, well, look at these chance gear. And then, this is actually a lesser parody. The early ones, like near Rumble, whatever, mm. they're really getting on heavy on Goldberg, on like Raw, Heat, or whatever. They're like, wow, look at. Wow, the, we hear the noise of the, the chant, but we can't see me the crowd doing it. Like, they were really going in on that. We had an amazing moment at uh, the three-year anniversary of oh, North God. Wrestling where we had a video that played with uh, guys who from the history of North Wrestling, which is uh, the wrestling promotion myself and Matthew worked for in Newcastle. And we had guys who'd been on the show uh, in this video congratulating North on the three-year anniversary. And, and unbeknownst to anybody, including myself, Gilberg pops up in the video. Dwayne Gill pops up in the video wishing he's never worked for us wishing north a happy yeah. anniversary and this like it was amazing because like because there was that i remember hearing the the pop from the riverside as he came on and then he talked and talked and talked. he talked for about two minutes he'd never worked for the company i i reckon we just we throw all the money at him and bring him in all the money all the money and bring him in gosh darn it we'll do like wdf we'll promise a bold Former WWF champion that wrestled Triple H on SmackDown. And then get Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going, boo, we want a Gilbert. We want a Gilbert, mate. We want a Gilbert. Anyway, uh, Gilbert hits three spears. <gasps> three spears on oh. Triple H. But he dodges a fourth one because he's three little assassin. And as Jack the Jobber would say, even though he's right here, that means he thinks really good. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Hey, Jack. And it's a lucky win by Triple H to get that pedigree in. Uh, and it's easily better than any of the Triple H versus Goldberg matches from 2003. Triple H is such an anomaly because 
he triple <laughs> triple no because like he is he is and in a lot of cases rightfully so accused of burying other people like his run in 2003 was synonymous with just making his his opponents look like just weaklings in comparison. Yet, put him in there against Gilberg. Put him in there against Maven. Put him in there against the Brooklyn Brawler. And he makes them look like a star. Shelton Benjamin, Takamichi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just gives them everything. God, yeah, Triple H Tucker yeah. with the title on the line. Oh, my. The APA, I was, the APA oh. ringside is like, it's a crossbody, like... Oh my God! I remember watching gonna... that going. This is going to be it. This is a thing. Like if Chinoka wins a world title, Raw. I, I love that. I love a champion that that can do that and not look and and and, and make and genuinely make me suspend my disbelief for for even well, just a second. There's a big difference between uh, the Triple H we're seeing now, who's step by step, week after week, becoming yeah. the Triple H of 2000 up until his knee injury was one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, in any company. I'll get onto that. But this has nothing to do with the next segment. Big Boss Man still has Pepper. Oh. And in the uh, little uh, bit from last week, to remind us of what happened with this, we see a bit from Sunday Night Heat, Tom, where Al Snow has a little bit of a little poster that says, "If you see, if you if you have seen Pepper, please ring this number." And this has been told in a bunch of uh, other places, in Al's interviews and uh, Mick Foley's book, I believe. That number on that poster that was seen by millions of people on what is now the Sea Show, I guess, was Val Venus's mobile phone <laughs> number. <laughs> and I love Val that. Val Venus realized straight away because people were ringing up, going, "I've seen Pepper." I've seen Pe what? <laughs> so who who what? who was the ribby? Or Al. the ribby? Sorry, who was the? Yeah, he was the river. He Al, was. I Al, Al was ribbing him like a cheap condom, <laughs> and. I think Venus said that basically they were driving the next town. They had, I think, Prince, Prince Albert was in his car, so maybe uh, maybe he was teaming Oh, draws, I guess. And he got so sick of it, because he was like call after call after call, that they just started messing with fans. So people ring up and go, hey, is this, is this the Pepper Hotline? He'd be like, it is, and you are the 10th caller. You're going straight <laughs> to WrestleMania 2000. Oh, my God, really? That's right, just stay on the line, and we'll get you tickets to WrestleMania 2000. Leave on hold. <laughs> and they just do that, like that, and it said like it was a five-hour trip that felt like thirty minutes because just spending time having to go up, like you like could you like nowadays if that happened they'd be straight on Twitter going oh my god Valvinus just left me on hold and it's upset me and I'm really angry and then they would end up getting tickets to WrestleMania by way of apology yeah. right. <laughs> it'd be, wouldn't it it'd be a Buzzfeed article in no time. Big Valbuski uh, <laughs> is really sorry. <laughs> yeah, really great. Uh, so Bossman still has Pepper. No one has rang up and said. Anything else? No one's. Me, why, when you ring up and go, hey, hey, is this the hotline? Yeah, Big Boss Man has it. I saw Raw and SmackDown. I bet that. Oh. I oh yeah, but someone did that. Yeah, somebody did that. Somebody anyway. didn't play the game. And they say, uh, Lola and Cole, this happened a few days ago. We've just received the video. Let's play it. So they've not seen this it's video. An way of doing that. Like, yeah, we've not seen this video, uh, but we apparently we understand that. Then their wording was very clever. We understand that Al Snow has been reunited with Pepper. <laughs> and we have a video to show what happens. Yes, and they click play. Al Snow meets Big Boss Man in a hotel room. 
of a cameraman and we've all seen our videos like this end but no yeah. it's not like that so him and Dormarie started mm -hmm. stripping and kissing <laughs> he offers him money anyway um, <laughs> and Big Boss was like no no calm down come on just have a bit of food how do I feel and he's like oh where's where's my dog pepper I'll just keep it out he's made him a lovely and, meal uh, hasn't he with like a with like a like a lid on the top, he unveils it, and he's made him beautiful, like a peace offering tea, isn't what, it? What is it supposed to be, do you think, the food? They don't go into it. Yeah, it's personal <laughs> thing. But he advises Al Snow to enjoy the food and make sure to not choke on a paw. Al starts trying to spit it out. So, so Bossman throws it onto the bed and then shoves Al's face in it while telling him, Ah, how'd you like your peppered steak? You've just eaten grade A pepper, was the uh, the wording that Boss Band did in the event that people didn't quite get what had happened just yep. there. You've just eaten grade A pepper. And then he proceeds <sighs> to make Al Snow eat more of his dog, hits him with the <laughs> the tray, I guess, dabs a bit himself in his mouth and goes, tastes just like chicken, and then leaves. It is so wonderfully evil and silly at the same time. Because it's treated serious. But they go back to Cola Lola. Lola's Lola, acting like like the 14-year-old. He just actually told his, his name, her age to Lola. Shock your He's and, like, uh, Lola's like leaning back with his mouth agog. Like, oh, like he can't believe yeah. The first shot we see is Jerry Lawler just staring down the camera looking horrified. Oh, my God. 14. I won't date uh, And... It, it, he's so evil. And oh, it's most so evilest, evil. The most evilest bit of this is the fact that he throws the food unnecessarily onto the bed, and then you know he didn't leave a tip. <laughs> oh. The, the honor of throwing your food onto a bed was such a strange one for me. Um, <laughs> I like how that's the strangest part of this dilemma for you. I have to he cooked his dog. Yeah, that, that dog should be raw and living. <laughs> you eat your dog's raw and live. God. It's a Tim and Eric quote. Cook the dog. Don't you cook the dog. Dog should be raw and living. I didn't get that quote. Cool. Thank you for explaining it. It's very obscure. I mean, Russo was accused of borrowing bits from films. And so we can either point at Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus, which <laughs> ends uh, with basically family members being eaten. Um, South Park parodied it with uh, Scott Tenenbaum must die. And also, on off note, I didn't realize this. Titus is such a bad play that many Shakespeare scholars don't think it's a Shakespeare play. Because it's so bad. Yeah, you think that Shakespeare's put his name on it. <laughs> I didn't even look at it. He's, he's like the exact producer. Exactly. Exa presented by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> but it was also in uh, Vincent Price's Theatre of Blood, classic 80, 80s, crazy, must be the 70s horror, where Vincent Price, uh, an angry Shakespeare actor, decides to kill all these critics in manners that happen in Shakespeare plays, and he feeds a critic yeah. her babies, and since she hasn't got any kids, she got a load of little dogs. So, ah, uh, so you okay? I just assumed it was just Vince in the writers, Vince Russo in the writers' room, just going, "Okay, bro, I've had this idea. What if he just eats his dog? What I mean, if he just it. eats his dog, bro? Hear me out, bro. I swear to God, if he just eats his dog, we can ride out the dog. <laughs> hear me out, bro." Bro, Vincent Price. <laughs> that was not a New York Vincent accent. Price, bro. I can't do a York accent, and neither can Russo. Bro. Slow it down, and it's Matt Riddle. He wouldn't. Slow down that. a Vince McMahon. So slow down a Vince Russo impression, and it becomes Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Bro, I got so high, I ate your dog. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> you know how it is. The Rock versus Mankind is next, because what else could follow that, Tom? I know. We had... Um, 
So yeah, yeah. So is it? Yeah, we go. We literally roll straight into. Um, yeah, Jerry Lawler does the, now, the do, YouTube thumbnail face of. Do the um, do the live crowd see that vignette? Because like they they oh, seem so. like they've had the life sucked out of them when they cut back when Mankind's music hits. They just sat there, like they just seem dead at this point. It, like, it's, it's a hard. It's hard to go to anything after seeing someone eat their dog. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> Matthew Greg, 2019. I think it's it's a really hard gear change. Like you, <laughs> yes. you hear some weird gear changes on the one show, but like there's nothing in comparison to. Oh, but do you know what? I kind of was hoping. I was hoping the Lord leaning back were going. Oh God. Well, anyway, SmackDown is brought to you by Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I was really That was so good. Oh, my God, the humanity. Magic the Gathering sponsors, I'm Back to business. Make that money. So this is another Russo favorite of the wacky tag team that just can't get along. They just can't get along, bro. It is probably one of the best examples of wacky tag teams. I think it's the definitive wacky tag team can't get along. Right. Uh... Mankind with the Primark tights, uh, and it's uh, the Rock highlight reel. Rock layeth the SmackDown, TM and Foley. That's a TM on Foley. That didn't work at all, did it? Trademark. I can write this, ladies and gentlemen, but I can't say it. It's just, but this These is trademarks just, all over Foley. This is just your your archetypal Sorry. your archetypal attitude era wrestling match. That's what this is. Yeah, oh. Punch, 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 suplex on the ramp. Punch, 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 yeah. punch, punch. Yeah, and, and Rock blow, blow. Punch, 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 punch. does get to do the cool Rock stuff that only Rock gets to do, which is he gets the headset and tells Mankind, oh, you want to be a phrase stealer? <laughs> Here's to the dozens smacked Mankind and dozens smacked Mankind of your fans, which is nice. nice. Uh, it was nice for the TV audience. Sucked for the live crowd. Uh, mankind double arm DDTs. Rock and he flies across the ring like he's wrestling on the moon. <laughs> and doesn't matter about the match because the ref gets bumped. Yeah, so almost Shane, immediately. Shane and the Not a Stable, the Step Brothers of Destruction. Nice, like, that's sticking. And that noise is me patting myself on the back. That's me patting Matthew on the back as well. Right. So, nice. And you know, don't pat yourself on the back. You need the hand to take another shot. Oh, because Triple H is back out. Jane then calls it a double DQ, so no number one contender for Triple H. That's it. Hey. He has to have a match. Jobs are good in. Problem solved. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Shane gets interviewed and is immediately apologetic and says he'll make it up to him very soon. Mm. We also see... He's very insincere here, by the way, so Lord and Cole are quick like, hey, that's a change of face. Yeah, <laughs> the wind will stick if you do that again. Yeah. Um, I got a bit obsessive with this next segment. I think I spent about 20 minutes of my life on this little next <laughs> bit, right? Ken Shamrock. Oh, Shamrock backstage. Is it Shamrock backstage? Okay. On. So, hang on. What did, you, what did you get for the Shamrock backstage bit? I put Shamrock still on his pre-workout and still mad. <laughs> well, I got... So, Shamrock is looking for Jericho. As he is about to try and burst into a door, like, my weird, probably a bit ADHD brain focuses on a box next to the door that says Carolyn Colford. <laughs> so I go, who's Carolyn Colford? Right. And this is no lie. I'm not a flush. <laughs> I'm not a flush man. I'm not a flush man. I spent six pounds on, a, on an e-book called uh, Wrestling for the Truth. Because in it, according to the index online, there was references to Carolyn Colford. 
I was that keen to find out who Carolyn Colford was. So I've bought an ebook now, which I'm probably going to have to read. Carolyn Colford was the assistant to Steve Taylor, the former vice president of event operations for the WWF. One of Steve Taylor's jobs was sort of corralling the referees. So there's a very good chance if you were ever concerned about it and you ever wanted to know, there's a good chance that in that Carolyn Colford box there's referee shirts. It's useless. It, it adds nothing to our podcast, but I just had to know. What do you mean that's nothing to the podcast? This is my favorite podcast I've ever done. <laughs> I spent six quid on finding Six out. quid and 20 minutes of my well, life. Imagine if you thought that the rabbit hole that went down and that was actually like for somebody. Yeah. No, but it's just, it's for her, literally. He's just walking backstage then. <laughs> well, yeah, it seems like, it, well, it's labelled for her. Like, and it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it's, a, I don't, I'm dunning, it's there as an Easter egg. I mean, it yeah, could be. Literally, it could have been anything. Yeah. But just was... a box labelled Carolyn Colford. And that's what it is. Wow. I reckon it's referee shirts. Should you ever want to know, you're welcome. He, he knocks down the box and there is a thing that says, things to do. Number one, pull up briefcase at King of the Ring. <laughs> Imagine if it was. Oh, I'm ready for my holiday next. I'm ready for my holiday. <laughs> Step two, record Bret Hart versus Tom McGee. <laughs> anyway, Shamrock is looking for someone to wrestle before he explodes like that guy from Big Trouble in Little China. And so Val Venus is here. Hello. No, sorry, my phone's going off. No, I don't know what <laughs> I'm actually uh, came back to like 400 messages and missed calls. Uh, uh, big bumping style here with Shamrock taking a beal over the ropes, damaging his body, which would not do well when he wrestled Tito Ortiz years later, and sending Venus into the steps so Lola can get the he's suffering from Venus envy out, which definitely had scribbled on a little notepad with a little smiley face next to it and a, probably a drawn cock. <laughs> he probably drawn a cock with, with, with spunk coming out the top. And, and hair. <laughs> uh, angle lock. Venus taps pretty quickly. And then a lot of stuff happens. That was way more exciting than that match. Steve Blackman shows up. Yeah. Literally right. just turns up. It's like, it's Steve Blackman. And as you say, it's Steve Blackman. Shamrock nails him. <laughs> and, That's him and Blackman. So he's on the floor. You know how we and talked then, about how oh, um, Triple H should here. be the game? I've only got like Karen Colford. No. Um, <laughs> you know how we always how we talk about last week that Triple H, if Triple H wasn't the game, who should have been the game? <laughs> Steve Blackman should have genuinely been the cerebral assassin. Yeah. Because that was his shtick. He just turned up with a stick, just battered people and left. His shtick was, was the, the stick. His shtick was the stick. He was the cerebral assassin. I am the stick. Steve Blackman. Steve Stickman. <laughs> so Blackman comes out, gets nailed immediately, and Shamrock stands over him, which also sums up the complete Shamrock versus Blackman feud of 99. <laughs> yep. And Jericho's music plays, and he tells Shamrock to come meet him in the parking lot if he's man enough. Shamrock... <laughs> Did Shamrock you? kill <laughs> Shamrock smash and then while he's running away from the ring Blackman recovers and just nails Venus for the hell of it <laughs> yeah we just cuss the ring and there's just Blackman going I'm bored I'm just going to beat this guy up for a little bit my highlight of the show that's like well whatever I'm here got to save face oh there's Venus whack we talk about how smack this, this, this time is quite embryotic go on right Michael Cole on commentary as Jericho's music hits no word of a lie goes it's Y2J time no I missed that yeah I, it's off, It's really hard sometimes to pay attention to Cole yeah it's to difficult point, he shouldn't have been yeah but yeah people go is it great when Cole says boss time every week I'm like does he I'm like, 
He I'm, says, I'm, it's like white noise. Yeah, and he even says it in that cadence, which I think is even amazing. But yeah, I agree, it becomes white noise yeah. these days. But we're still not done, Tom. No, 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 no. This gets so much spicier. More gimmicks than a <laughs> Swiss Army knife here. Shamrock meets him in the parking lot, as seen in WF No Mercy and SmackDown 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Shamrock gets distracted by Cosplay Jericho. That's right, Howard Finkel. <laughs> he's got no tuxedo, so he's wearing Jericho's rags. Nails him with a shovel. <laughs> And it's a giant, it's a Home Alone end Oh, it's a shovel. big comical shovel, isn't it? Yeah, he goes, clang. And, yeah, and obviously Jericho would be holding a shovel because it's something you get affiliated with the next few months because he got buried. Oh. And then locks in the walls of Jericho in the parking lot as Fink, cosplay Jericho, takes photos. <laughs> then they went, uh-oh, well, Shamrock's going to recover. Jericho shoves Fink in his trunk of his car and drives off. An amazing two minutes of wrestling. <laughs> Very attitude era wrestling at this point. There's stuff happening, and you know why it's happening. Shamrock just keeps getting like Shamrock is just now getting angrier and angrier, and Jericho just keeps dicking with him. He's gonna show up like <laughs> a, a first a showdown fighter, and next week he's just gonna be pure red. <laughs> yeah. Red as a Man United shirt, just like. <laughs> Oh, God. So after that, there's no rest for us. No way. Demands Rock and Mankind redo their match with Shane McMahon being the special guest referee. And who's in the ring, Tom? That's right. It's Drink H. Drink again. Yeah. Triple H. But then... Linda McMahon and Stephanie McMahon. Oh, yeah. We, we, we get a little bit of tease of this because before they cut to this, we see the limo, we see the door open on the limo, and they're like, who's that? Who's that? And I'm like, I know whose orthopedic shoes yeah. they are. Oh, there we go. And what's worse is, what's worse is with this bit, so we're back now in the room, and and this voice goes, this voice over the top goes, I don't think so, Shane. And Cole goes, who's that? It's like, it's only the guy that's been feuding with Shane for months, like a major part of the roster for all of this year. And who's that? <laughs> Poor test. That buried test. Yeah. Can, who's that? Who's that wrestler? Could you imagine? It's Pikachu time. <laughs> Damn, I thought it was test. Do, do, do. Could you imagine though, if he was, if you'd heard, oh hell no, you son bitch, and Cole going, who's, who's that? <laughs> Gilbert wants some roast beef, King. <laughs> this buried test. <laughs> yeah, test was here. Uh, comes out. Ah! That's the noise. <laughs> the crowd. What is that? The test. Oh, they did. There was a lot of girly screaming when test came out. Ah! They do, they do quite fancy tests, don't they, at this point? They do, and they say, start speaking, and they're like, ah, never mind. <laughs> so Linda and Steph, who both share orthopedic shoes. <laughs> Linda, my man, knows it's a special occasion, so she's dressed like Doc Cotton. <laughs> she is very Cotton-esque. Linda talks. Christ. Um, she makes it a tag match. <laughs> All the insomniacs. Steph are... and Linda versus Triple H. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Oh god! But but again, right? Again, Barry and Test. I'm gonna make a tag team match between two other people. Not this, not this yayoo in the middle who's marrying my daughter, who no one recognises. God, imagine if Test had legit married Steph and Test was running mm. NXT. Be rubbish, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> sorry, mate. I know you're no longer with us to defend yourself, but yeah, sorry, do you know mate. about the Twitter account? 
is Tess still dead? Oh, no. And every day it, it tweets, yes. Oh, no. Apart from on, only, on, on April Fool's Day, it tweets out, no. <laughs> <laughs> Someone operates that. Someone operates that. Yeah, who doesn't operate it? Test. Yeah. <laughs> Except on April Fool's Day. When it is him. <laughs> so I was a bit confused here because I'm pretty sure the King of the Ring match at 1999 for the briefcase was for Linda and Steph's ownership of WF. Because they gave it to Shane. Uh, Shane. They gave it to Steve Austin. Yeah. So he could put on the line and be, you know, CEO. So how do they have the power to make any matches? Because when when Vince and Shane want it back. There is, because I looked into this. When Vince and Shane want it back, the following night on Raw, Linda said before Steve Austin, uh, before Sunday, Steve Austin signed a new deal that transferred some power to her. So therefore, it was an equal partnership now with all the McMahon people. So that's why that happened. So then, even though wow. they won the they won the briefcase, they got the control back. This new co- this new clause that had been signed by the board of directors said that Vince no longer had majority share, and all four of them had equal share. It was literally like missing an episode of Game of Thrones, and you said, "Oh, I'll yeah. catch him." Wait, what? So by Linda, Steve Austin's running the company. By virtue of Linda and Steph. Ex- <laughs> no. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, By virtue of Linda and Steph being there, that is overwhelming majority over Shane. So that's why they could make the match. The numbers don't lie. Exactly. They spell disaster for Shane McMahon. <laughs> Smackdown. On Raw, four-team match for the number one contenders went to a non-finish because the Attitude Era. So we're having a tag team turmoil. <laughs> I uh, see, I, I looked at the time left on this episode, thinking we've still got a, we've yeah. still got the main event, and you're just going to chuck a turmoil match at us. Like these take ages normally. Well, I forget this is yeah, the right. attitude era. Yeah, no, Tom, if you blink, you might miss a few of these. Don't, so. don't blink, as Triple H said Given recently. Blink. So first out is the Holly Twins. The Holly Twins? No, no, that's not right, Matthew. Why have you written the Holly Twins? The Holly Cousins. (laughs) The Hollies. He ain't heavy. He's my My brother. (laughs) Anyway, Hardcore Holly had just finished one of the best runs of his career, calling himself Big Shot. We've sadly missed all of this. Yeah. Basically, it inserted himself in a match with big guys like Kane, Undertaker Show, because he was like, I'm Big Shot Hardcore Holly. Why shouldn't I be there? Mm. And it was great because you come out there and go, oh, whatever, big show. You and me aren't that on different sides. <laughs> he just, yeah, just like just <laughs> like the, the the best kind of body dysmorphia when he right. thinks he's about six foot ten. And there was an amazing. I don't know which show it was, but there's one time when it's like, oh, like the, the acolytes are out. So it must be in the ministry. It's this huge beat down. It's like, oh no, big show. Get beat down by Undertaker. Oh, Undertaker's being da- beat down by Kane. Oh no, Kane's being beat down by. Hardcore Holly. Jim Ross is like, whoa, 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 what are you doing there? And it, oh, it's so good. And th- this is when he, uh, let's see, Crash Holly had just made his debut in the August 16th Raw. So two, three weeks of this. So he's now got a mini version of him. Mini. Who is will quickly go into. Also thinks he's a super heavyweight, which, oh, just which is which stuff. is even funnier because he's even smaller. Yeah, that's the hardcore Holly. That is that is the banter. Mike Lockwood is a and Mike Lockwood looks a, enough like an, enough like Bob Holly that you think they could potentially be brothers. Yeah, it's funny because Crash Holly had a uh, bit of an awkward career in ECW. He was an underneath guy. He was running at uh, APW as well, like some Vic Grimes. But he had an infamous moment with ECW where, due to some miscommunication, him and Taz didn't like each other, and um, because apparently Crash Holly was sleeping. 
on the the chairs that all the trainees were trying to set up, and DCW did not like that and got rid of them. And now it was them. But they all managed to patch things up in the end. But mm-hmm. there was a few things when like Crash Holly would dress up as Taz shows after that at like, APW. And just like, oh, okay. Well, just show up dressed right. as Taz. Yeah, to like, mock the situation, all this. It's like, obviously, there's no chance of Taz going ABW. So that all got sorted out with the WF. It was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's ah, tiring or whatever. So he was, if anybody, if any, there's any modern wrestling fans who listen to this, um, who, who are listening because they want some historical um, some historical dialogue. Well, we're sorry. It's some us. horrible, horrible history. This is the, the most horrible history. Um, basically, Crash Holly is the R-Truth of the late 90s. That's the best way, way to describe him. It, yeah. So when when the hardcore championship was was defended under twenty four seven rules, like which which is to come, I do believe. Yes, it is. So when that happens, we will have like an R truth of the 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 late nineties in in Mike Lockwood, yeah. aka Crash Holly. This is this is the as the word we <laughs> the word of the show right now is embryotic. You welks. How's your fear is? <laughs> and yeah, Crash Holly isn't. He's isn't not there yet. When he gets his one of the best gimmicks runs Aww. people still people who haven't watched wrestling for 20 years still remember the Crash Holly run of 2000 so in the same way that they'll probably remember the R-Truth 24-7 yeah. titles well done. said yeah and they are wrestling Midian and Viscera Midian and Viscera Midian was always crap <laughs> But I liked Viscera. <laughs> Viscera, well, Viscera, uh, Nelson Fraser just kept getting goes, didn't he? He just kept getting because he yeah. was big. Like, former King of the Ring Viscera, lest we forget. Yes, right. Um, as King Mabel stank up SummerSlam 1995, something chronic. And Vince, after he went off to the wilderness for a couple of years, and Vince just went, you know what? We need him back. And he was one of the, uh, one of the, the random job types that got christened by the undertaker or like yeah. he was ushered into the dark side by the undertaker I think it was rumble 99 that happened they got kidnapped and then died afterwards yeah either viscera or yeah i think yeah yeah because mabel came out that was it cause he came out as oh my god it's mabel we remember him yeah, from off of the past that time yeah and then the ministry came out and, yeah. and decked him and he was away but he had such a cool look he, he had the contacts, he had the blonde mohawk, he wore a bin bag. You know, <laughs> it's a hell of an impression. You look at you watch wrestling the first time going, Jesus Christ, He's look a, at that he guy. He was a unit, an absolute <laughs> unit. Whereas Midian looked like a bum. <laughs> He looked like he looked like somebody trying to like do a create a wrestler of the Undertaker and just didn't but was a bit a bit lazy that day. The UK Undertaker. <laughs> you know oh, U- that was the thing. Was it probably it? looks better than the UK Undertaker. Did. Sorry, Aldi Undertaker. Aldi Taker. Aldi Taker. So they were a tag team for for years. Not years, no, no, they weren't together. Midian and Visceral. They, they feel like they were together for a while. They just, they just kind of gravitated to each other. When the ministry collapsed in on itself, and the corporate ministry then collapsed in on itself, they just sort of carried on hanging out. Yeah, as mates, they just sort of buddied it was up. Kind of well, it's against the world. Yeah, all right. Well, they're, not fr- th- they're not friends. They're not friends, but we can be friends. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you on Thursdays. Part of me thinks. Part of me thinks that I'd like to see them get a run with the tag titles. I remember one time it was WWF Heat. No, Metal. Big part. It was a uh, oh, Lifewire Superstars metal. and Metal were the things on the weekend for Sky One for me. Superstars. Yeah. NWF Metal was a recap no, no, show, no, no. and it would have one exclusive jobber match or like undercard match, and it was going to be the Acolytes versus Midian and Viscera. And I was just like, <gasps> that was a big the deal. Ministry, it? The Ministry's like 
that, that's it. Who is the crappy tag team? My mum went, I'll watch the rest of it. Go back to your room. I went, oh, oh, oh. I'm sure it went two and a half minutes. I'm sure Bradshaw got the pin. You know. I'm sure it was really slow and boring and, and the crowd got tired and they used the time to go, well, this past week on Raw, as you know, Steve Austin did this. And then, and then they all went home. Yeah. So in this... We've officially talked about the first two in this match longer than the actual turmoil match yeah. in its entirety. This is why we couldn't do this if watching it. No, you'd miss Crash so many so good. Oh, that match over, no one. <laughs> Crash. So, yeah, they managed to defeat Median Viscera. I've got. I've actually forgotten how to type. So probably I just put Median was crap and forgot how the match. <laughs> <laughs> but this might be because Albert and Droz. Uh, come on. Immediately um, leg it out. And you can yep. tell there's obviously someone's gone backstage going, we need to rattle through this match pretty quick. Schnell, so can, Schnell, can Schnell. everybody run out? Yeah. Albert hits a sweet press slamming on X-Factor and Crush Holly for two. And eventually, though, Holly powerplexes draws to win. It's called the powerplex for some reason. I'm not sure what that's about, but it looks nice. Super so. heavyweight, isn't he? Yep. This was Draws's last SmackDown match. No, it wasn't. Televised SmackDown match. Whatever. You know what I mean? Was it? Yeah. Wasn't the match that he had with D'Lo... I was going to say, well, I mean, okay, if you aren't that. Yeah, but that was televised still, though. No, it was never televised. I remember seeing it. <laughs> no, yeah. Draws versus D'Lo Brown, the one match everyone's thinking of, was recorded, but it was never put on uh, TV. Okay. They, of course, cut it out. They did show snippets of it during the Don't Try This At Home. The guy being stretched out is Draws. Right. But no, but that's, I've, uh, that's a bit of the old, um, what's it called? Um... I know you're going to try and say no. Hamilton Complex. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Um, no. CTE. No, um, what's it called? Mandela Effect. There we go. No. Hamilton Complex. From now on, it's the I Hamilton like that, Complex. Though, that works. Mandela Effect slash Hamilton Complex. Yeah. The Hardys blitz the ring. And to pin Crash Holly. Yeah, literally just like one move down, yeah. down, one. And no, 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 the Hardys. What are you talking about? The new brood. <laughs> no. Matt and Jeff, the new brood. Yeah. They were the new brood at this point. That didn't. We'll see. Uh, oh, last, it, not here. It not lasts the new brood. longer than you think. The three of them together, the new brood. It's it just lasts... them two, they're the Hardys. But it was it was Gangrel, Matt and Jeff, the new brood. But even when they were solo, when they were wrestling solo, they did the the fire entrance to their music, and the and the ring announcer would go, Matt and Jeff Hardy, the new brood. I'm surprised that the the flames didn't light the hair gel, or the, <laughs> or the women's tights that they cut up. The bottom, <laughs> anyway, uh, the acolytes now, and sorry, the A, not APA, just the A, the a. just and the A. Jeff Hardy gets yeeted out the ring by Bradshaw, and this is the ultimate subdom combo. Angry bra muffin top Bradshaw yeah. versus young Jeff, who's just happy to be here. <laughs> uh, crowd doesn't care about them, uh, sadly, but Hardy's takes some hard ass bumps. Jeff does a swan down on Farouk. It's not a finisher yet. And Bradshaw murders Jeff with a clothesline by covering the whisper in the wind, which is a hell of a moment. Does get a pop from the crowd. But who cares? Because the next one's out are Steve Richards and the Blue Meanie, which is ah! news to me. I had no idea that they were teaming up in WWF 99. Uh, Meanie doesn't get in the ring, and this is the weird part of Meanie's career where he was slimming down a bit, but he had that weird, like, schoolboy haircut. Yeah, and was he, st he was still wearing the um, the, the short, the crop top, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he'd been in WWF for a bit, dressed as Stevie Richards, without Stevie Richards. Yeah. Now Stevie Richards is here, it's kind of made, it now looks like Stevie Richards is dressed as Blue Meanie, which is some weird coincidence. It's like when uh, Demolition were in WWF, 
And then the Legion of Doom showed up, and the crowd were like, who's this Demolition knockoff? Yeah. But doesn't matter. Mini doesn't even get in the ring. He's too busy waving, smiling, and kissing babies, I guess. And let's Richards get beat up, because he's seen the future... And like AJ Styles' theme song, he don't want none. He don't want none. <laughs> the next time they're in the ring together. Mind you, I think Bradshaw has a bit of a history of, of just being a dick to the Blue Meanie in a ring. I seem to remember a, a tag team match. It might have even been on metal between Stevie and the Blue Meanie and the Acolytes. And Stevie gets taken out or whatever. Blue Meanie's on his own. And I remember Farouk holding the Blue Meanie. Sort of like, like holding him up like full Nelson style, Jack. holding up in full Nelson style, and Bradshaw just like just like bouncing his belly around, just like just like you know like flub of like look there flub of fly. Like I think so. Bradshaw's got a bit of a history of just being a bit of an ass to the blue meanie, which makes you feel like, oh, a bit of a bully. Then you realize, wait, it was the blue meanie, and him getting hired by WWF was a victory to fat guys around. Oh, it was. And it, it is was... amazing to think that it happened. Yeah. If he and, can do it, we all can. And the fact that, because he's around now, and this is when THQ were doing their research for WWF for WrestleMania 2000 and the N64, he's in that game. Exactly. He's forever part of WWF. He is forever part of the history, Steve the Richards. tapestry. Steve Richards is in the game. Blue Meanie is. But Steve Richards would play a pivotal role in No Mercy. <laughs> more than that as we get to oh, it. Oh, man, yeah. So more than that when we get to it. So Blue Meanie and Stevie, technically the Blue World Order, I guess. Uh, eliminated very quickly. Edge and Christian arrive to the only big pop of the match. But before much can happen, the Dudley boys attack. And with two by fours, uh, they arrived two weeks earlier, immediately feuding with the APA, which makes sense. They're both kind of brawling hardcore style. Well, they like using weapons when the public enemy are around, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And in fact, these two guys do, these two teams have a lot of history with public enemy. Do they know you make a joke about that saying, hey, we ain't the enemy, we ain't the public enemy? Uh, mm, after the public yeah. enemy have left the company at this point after being just bullied by yeah. the APA. Public enemy had a bad night in 99, to say the least. Mm. Uh, everyone says it was uh, Rocco Rock was the nice one. Rocco Rock had been around for ages. He was RA. It was grunge. That was an arsehole. So apparently the Sunday Night Heat match. Sunday Night Heat. Well, the the um, no, public, public enemy that, versus the acolytes. Yeah, no, that was Sunday Night Heat. Sorry, I'm, I'm, again, I'm very sorry for being yeah. weather. I'm not usually. You're all right. You're doing great. Um, different people say different things, but it seemed to be they were told you're going to do this, and so they're going, "All right, cool." They were like, "Yeah, but can we do this, 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 this?" And they were like, "No," no. and we're really annoyed that you think that you're hot poo when you're the public enemy. <laughs> uh, so they got absolutely annihilated by the Acolytes, which is on the network. Yeah, that exists forever. And then they brought on for a bit on sh uh, Shotgun Saturday night, and we're gone. And the Dudleys, a few, oh, coming a few weeks, maybe a month earlier, in ECW, the public enemy had returned, and had this, it's one of the best promos of... Uh, uh, Was this career. the one at the Hammerstein Ballroom? Uh, no, it's a Viking Hall. Okay. It's arena. And basically they go, they're not here. Yeah, though they're not here tonight, promise you. And then they leave. And then Gertner's doing some promos. And then their music hits and goes, oh. And then the Dudley's boys come out dressed as them. They're like, oh, Rocco. Oh. Isn't it great to be by here? Oh, that's incredible. And, it's like, and like, the everyone's like, ah, oh, my back, my back, making fun of him. And he goes, ah, oh, your back hurts. Yeah, that's because you're 55 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and then the public enemy make their proper return. But two things happened. One, God, they were funny making fun of them. So it's like, oh, public enemy are back. 
But you are old. You are fat. You did go to WCW. And you are back because they fired you. All right. And second thing was, the book enemy wouldn't... They they took the 3D, apparently the thing that they recorded, and just got up. They wouldn't (sighs) sell the Dudleys. Like, they wouldn't, like, let ABA do whatever they wanted to do with them. They wouldn't let that happen. So they only showed clips of it later on uh, on, on TV and ECW. They never showed that match. Right, because they just because they didn't give them anything. Yeah, so what they did was the, the very, very brief there, the very brief bits you could see on TV were just the Duddy Boys being a public enemy. Brilliant. With no public enemy offense. So, yeah. Uh, so, that's it. The, ed- us to this. the editors are always the winners. Yes. The which editors bring, are always the winners. brings us to this. This is the match where the Duddy Boys talk about in their shooting interview. Because of the public enemy, they said, like, uh, Acolytes were like, well, you're going to work us over two by fours. And the Dudley Boys, okay, that's great. And then Farouk goes, you do know how to work a two by four, don't you? And in the interview, Devon goes, yes, Mr. Ronsiman, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and so they went, so apparently they were like, okay, they're probably going to be hard on us. We have to beat them and yeah. just show that we can work here. So this is it. It's actually cool hearing about these in interviews and watching it going, this is that match with the two by fours. So this is the this bit is where it. they kind of, they had, they had an opportunity. This is like making their first impression to the acolytes yeah. who were the gatekeepers that kept the public enemy out. Right. Well, they're the gatekeepers because they're Undertaker's mates, essentially, yeah. in storyline and in real reality. So the, bone, said, the right. bone saw friends or something. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. The, what are they called? The biker mice from... Biker mice, the biker mice from Mars. Und- right, if we have a reference, The Undertaker's like gang of mates. It was like Undertaker, Fatu... Uh, uh, Savio Vega. Savio Vega. They are Kazuna. They're Kazuna. They are now the biker mice from Mars. <laughs> party, party. We love to party. John! John, oh, no. John, please Photoshop the Undertaker, Savio Vega, and Yokozuna as the biker mice from Mars. If you can get one of those bikes that's got the sidecar, can you have Paul Barris to come? <gasps> mate, if you do that, extra points. Thanks, mate. Love you, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Puppet John. <laughs> so, yeah, all of history there for a maybe a 30-minute segment. 30 minutes, 30 second segment, I should say. And he goes backstage, they do a bit with him backstage. Oh, and so like, before we get to that, it, yeah, so another non contest in the. Uh, oh, in the yeah, video. exactly. Just uh, another match thrown out. Yeah, very consistent. And backstage, Lillian Garcia interview. She's still new to the company as well. Sure, what a great time we're in. Uh, showing, bizarrely, if you're following ECW at this point, Bubba has gone back in time. Uh, Bubba had a stutter when he was first coming in, when, he, when it was the Dudley Boys World. Let me see if we can get this. Dudley Dudley, Chubby Dudley, Dancers with Dudley, Sangai Dudley, Sangai Dudley, and then Devon Dudley was the big black sheep of the family. Big Dick Dudley, probably should say black sheep, and then Big Dick Dudley, and then Bubba was Bubba 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 crowd. What's your name? What's your name? You know, and then he got cured, went bad, joined up with Devon, and had a bit of an all right run there. Yeah, but and then nineteen ninety six. That was ninety six. The last time he stood it. Nineteen ninety nine. WF. He's there with the tie dye. And he's stuttering again. He's back to where he was again. But this time, I don't know how they're going to cure him because you know how they cured his stutter last time? And Big Dick. Big Dick. Just every time he started stuttering, Big Dick would scream, would just shout at him or, or ah. just stare at him. And it would immediately snap him out of his stutter. So I don't know how they're going to sort that out this time. I'm sure they'll get around it somehow. But it's just funny to see like him, they they, they create, like Bubba, Bubba evolved in ECW and near the end was like you just like this, just this, this evil Bastard of a character. Oh my god! I just evil. Just, just, just the one line that always stays with me. Oh, from the, I know from, it's going to be. I know it's going to be. Go it wasn't even, was even, was even a bubble line. It oh. was a Joel Gertner line. During that time, it was after they'd given Buell McGillicuddy the 3D. 
And Joel Gertner, as ring announcing for the Dudleys, said they hit Beulah McG- and apologies ahead. Oh, I know it. They hit Beulah McGitty, Beulah McGillicuddy so hard with the 3D, she didn't know whether to defecate, urinate, or ejaculate. What a... Like, it's grim. It's grim. But what a line. Oh, it's grim. But what a line. The Dudley Boy segments in ECW. They didn't come out there with music. So it must be... Now, time for the Dudley's half hour of fun. Yeah, basically. And I thought you were going to say the line. Everyone brings up at Heatwave 99. Which is that? Where, but, but, which is not on the network, actually, surprisingly. Oh, wow, so okay. it's on this one. It's on this show, the Colorholic Network. Brilliant. Where Bubba goes, well, I mean, look at you. You got a... You got a daughter in the front row... Oh, said better than me. You got a mother in the front row who taught her daughter how to suck eggs... <laughs> he doesn't say it like that. He doesn't say eggs. Uh, bear with us, folks. He's stood driver. <laughs> I'm taking about the 96. So, yeah, it's, it's weird to see him basically uh, castrated, I guess, to go back to talking with a stutter. But he get better. It's yeah. all right. Everything is one, two, three. Embryotic. Embryotic. Uh, <laughs> to the main event. Shame at man making his Triple H entrance. Wearing a The Croc t-shirt. And also, I didn't realize this. I'm not sure if you the other appearances, but the main event here, Triple H is the dramatic, I'm at a pose on the, the, the ramp, put my head down, looking all cool and badass. China does it as well. Sherman Man does it. I kind of missed his skipping, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Because yeah. it looks like a, it looks like a, a, a kid who was taking his dad, you know. <laughs> it does. Uh. It just looked weird. Never do that again, please, Shane. Thank you. And also, top marks to Shane McMahon, who clearly travels the country with a with a t-shirt printer, because he only found out ten minutes ago he was having a match with The Rock. Yet here he is in a custom Shane McMahon's the best. The Rock is an idiot t-shirt, basically. And, and he did the same with Mankind on the on the last week's SmackDown when he found out he was having a match with Mankind. Mm. And it was like he turned up for the match an hour later in like a custom Mankind parody shirt. He travels the country with a T-shirt printer. Just a fun factoid about Shane McMahon. I've got nothing to add to that. So, That's just good enough by itself. And wait, wait, wait. Get your drink, Jack. Get your drink. Triple H. Triple H is back again with a renegade master. Mankind out first to really rev up and prime that rock puppet. Rock pup. That rock God, pop. God, just shoot us in there. <laughs> <laughs> to rev up and prime the rock pop. The rock pop is forthcoming, yeah. sir. So uh, Mankind gets beat up, which is something he's very good at. And then if you smell the ratings. <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. Hopefully they'll get better. The race is on offense during most of the match. And then when Shane tries to do it, it goes badly. And it's weird here because I'm not sure. The kind of veering towards Shane McMahon being an all right wrestler. And I'm like, no which is something we're still suffering from nowadays. But I thought, isn't the whole thing that he isn't one? He's the best in the world, mate. The, the one, I mean, he calls just because he's new and everything. wasn't really he was, the fact that he's supposed to be a wrestler. He, he learned very quickly. Like, some people are just yeah. some people are just naturally just gifted the moment they get in the ring, and Shane McMahon is one of those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when Mankind finally gets on offense after Shane McMahon's been riding him, uh, all he gets to line the line and goes, hey, hey, that's not fair. He's using a closed fist. <laughs> and then Shane is like, NWO Sting of wrestlers. He's obtained the Bronco Buster. Yeah, that's just... He beat the European title fuse to get to... And Jerry Lawler just loves to ram home. Like, ah, oh, so a trademark move nah. by Shane McMahon. It's like... Uh, China Low Blows Mankind. Which, oh, sorry. This is the Lawler line. That's probably what his mum did to him when he caught him naked. <laughs> oh, Christ. Rock gets the molten hot tag. 
Shane takes a baseball slide from Mankind and goes head over tit of the announce table. He just flies out, doesn't he? Like, he got a good bit, a good bit of speed on that. There goes the money. There goes the money. Meanwhile, Mr. Goodass... I can't what we'll call him. Mr. Ass. Oh, he's the, he's the good ass sometimes, and he's the bad ass other times. Depends if he's doing squats. So, earlier on tonight, obviously, Triple H cost Mr. Ass uh, his shot at the IC title. That's right. Uh, suddenly, out of nowhere, it's Mr. Ass. Yeah. So there was a famouser, which is supposed to sound like famouser, the gun. As a kid, I did not know that. Is that what gun. it's meant to be? Yeah, I wasn't sure if you knew this as well. because No. I, yeah, famouser. It's a type of gun. Yeah. And he's Billy Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> Not famous, sir. He wants to make him more famous. That's what I was... Yeah, right. That's like, what I did. Do you think that too? That's, uh, that's, that's what I thought. thought that. <laughs> he was like, make him more famous, sir. You're, famous, ma- you're sir. more famous, sir. Now you've taken that wow. move. Wow. I never knew that. That's incredible. That's blown my mind today. That's brilliant. It's like dumb and dumber. Famous and famous, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, There's stuff in wrestling that you don't really question, isn't there? Like new, like names of moves like that. Like you don't question them. Yeah. Like, you know... What's that name of that cardboard box mean backstage with Ken Shamrock? Yeah. <laughs> Some people don't anyway, bother that with that leaves, sort of thing. That leaves Triple H <laughs> wide open for the rock bottom, the people's elbow. Thanks, ass. <laughs> One, two, three. One, two, three. Ring the bell. That's SmackDown episode Still two. Still your champions. And does it go off air with... Michael Cole saying, we smell what The Rock is cooking. He, he delivers one of The Rock's catchphrases as the show goes off the air. I know that much. He probably does. Yeah, he does. And the rocks they have on, to write that down. Rock's on the... Rock's on the and I know that it ends with The Rock on the ramp, fit, like fist high in the air, credit sequence. Lights go out, Fiend turns up. <laughs> that bit doesn't happen. It's so. great because the... Seth Rollins is, the, is now like, ah, no, the Fiend. You know, if the Fiend showed up, the Rock, the Rock wouldn't even blink. It's go slap. The Rock, slap, the Rock slap, would slap, stare at him and go, splap. No, the Rock would go, who in the blue hell are you? Yeah. Hiya! It doesn't matter who you are. Like immediately, would just completely neuter the Fiend. You I'm gonna take, take your rambling rabbit. That's it. Turn that some bitch sideways. <laughs> Stick it straight up, you candy ass. That's what he did. Rocky, Rocky. All his little, all his little puppets. Rocky. <laughs> yeah, the rock would bury the fiend. Yeah. So overall, I had a fun time here because it's I'm, yeah. I'm learning about this period. It's a period where you didn't have access to well, I didn't have access to regular internet. Nothing was recorded. Wasn't a network. So there's things happening that I've heard about. They'll go, oh, that's that episode. And again, weird stuff like Blue Media and Steve Richards teaming up for maybe 30 seconds. Is interesting to me going, oh, that, that's, well, what are they that doing? Happens. That happens. Oh, it's, it's cool finding out stuff about something that you watch growing up and just, this, it's insane, this period. Yeah, I mean, like, it how is. How much stuff was going on. And with so many names, right? Like, the names are just. The people that like, mean something. Like, this is like, it's like a raw reunion every week. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Well, exactly. Dory still comes back to this era, this period of history. Yeah. Because it enjoys it so much. This is the prime period. So it's weird, like, oh, those are guys that are still on TV. So what, Shane McMahon, Triple H, they do this. I think this is last week. They've got to do it this week. Um, Mankind made one appearance this year. One too many. Uh, Austin's not on the show. Undertaker, Chris Jericho, big show. Yeah. Like, Shamrock's in TNA. Ken Shamrock's in TNA. These are all people that are still relevant. Jeff Jarrett. Devon's in the film with uh, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> God. Matt Hardy. Billy Gunn, he's a road agent. Albert trains at NXT. Albert trains at Albert's training the next generation of wrestlers. 
Imagine, imagine, like, that's the thing you go back in time and go, you see that guy running the ring with draws? He's going to train a whole generation of wrestlers. Wow. Oh, and even better, who trained Matt Riddle? Because first step of uh, trainings, or whatever you want to call it, to get into wrestling, the blue meanie. Oh, my days. What a thing. So this is the part where we look at the show and we go, what did you remember? What did you forget? That's right. So, I almost forgot that bit. So, hey, that was, so that's your so forget. I've already ruined it. So what did you remember from this episode of SmackDown? I remembered the Gilbert and Triple H bit. Mm. I remember that distinctly. Uh, stuff I forgot about. I had forgotten about Blue Meanie and Stevie, as I've already just said. I've ruined that, haven't I? Uh, I had forgotten about them dressing the same, which mm. is what they did in ECW. And it's weird to see it's the exact same gimmick, but with no context. She's like, hey guys, here's chapter three of a si- of a story you haven't read. You're like, what? Yeah. Who who are you? <laughs> um, and that is pretty much it. I remembered Al Snow eating his dog. It's a hard one to forget. That was, uh, sorry, interrupt you. That was detailed right. quite graphically in WF Magazine as well. Mm. Yes, it was. I, I seem to recall there was. Uh, there were, the, yeah, it was it was a hot point of this particular show in history. I seem, yeah, I, so I certainly remember that. I had forgotten that Fink and Chibble had a tuxedo match impromptu, and I'm yeah, kind of glad I had. Yeah. But never mind, that was a thing that happened. Just be like on Conrad Thompson. So why were you bugging on this show? Ah, Vince wanted it to happen. <laughs> Check me up on this. Check me up. Check me up on this. Yeah. But that is a different podcast that we shouldn't be plugging. Yeah, it's another show in front of the time, I exactly. do believe. We have enough on our plate as it is in the Colorholic. What's the next thing you're going to come up with, Tom? Uh, I'm going, I'm on holiday as you hear this. Wonderful. So uh, I think I do believe this is probably the last time, well, you'll kind of hear my voice until I'm back next week. So have a lovely time until I see you next week. I like, can't imagine a week without you. Well, you're going to have to next week, baby. Well, I love you too, mate. I love you too. Don't leave me too. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter, and uh, he is the loveliest human being. He is Matthew Gregg. I am at Tom Campbell. We are at Cultaholic. Don't forget to join us. I love you. Bye. Drink water. <laughs> Go lie down, mate. You poorly. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.